Joining me now for a special episode of Locked On Gators is Isaac Shade, the host of Locked On Tar Heels, Locked On College Basketball, a writer for Keeping It Heel. And Isaac, we're, we're I'm, I'm glad we get to do this because we yes. have fun in, in texts and in the group chat. And now we get to actually talk about basketball and you are one of the best college basketball minds that I know, and I am not one of the best college basketball minds that I know, so I think this is a perfect pairing, but there's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about primarily, because I know that when Todd Golden got hired, I feel like you and Andy Patton were were kind of, I don't want to say advocates, but supportive of it. He is the, the new age analytics-based coach, which we'll talk about the analytics, but I think the thing for Gators fans is that Todd Golden's approach is so different compared to Mike White. Mike White was, you know, slow it down, get the ball to Colin Castleton in the paint, and <laughs> just play defense. Or don't get the ball to Colin Castleton in the paint, give it to him at the top of the key and hope that he can somehow back a dude down and still have an, an actual possession. But um, obviously for Florida with Todd Golden, more up-tempo means more scoring opportunities, duh, for both the Gators and their opponent. Their opponents. Yeah. yeah, but what does it mean for the Gators in short term and long term in terms of just just this insane difference that we're about to get in pace? Yeah, well, I'll say as somebody that co- you talked about, I, I cover the Tar Heels. This is something a lot of Tar Heels people experienced last year with the switch from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis is anytime you have a coaching change, even if you're keeping a, a pretty similar system, there are going to be changes to uh, how people feel. And they're so used to like, this is how Billy Donovan did it. This is how Mike White did it. And I want that and I miss it and I need it because it's comfortable. And so let me just say to the fan base right out of the gate like just just embrace the new whatever that may be and whatever that may look like I think that's the first thing that you just have to get on board with and I know not every I know there's going to be well when Mike White was here we took our time and it was great uh, but that's just not going to be necessarily how it will be so I think the the biggest thing in the short term is just just be okay just be okay uh, bringing in a new coach. Todd Golden's doing a great job, and you can believe in him. Now, as, as Brandon just said, um, so many of his decisions and the things he does are analytics-based, and so that's going to lead to some, you know, going for it on fourth and nine type things, <laughs> if, if you'll allow me a football analogy there. And so sometimes it might mean him making an in-game decision that just doesn't seem to make sense. Um, and, and it might not work out every single instance of that, but in the grander scheme, if it's working out 70% of the time, then you're in good hands. Now, what's weird about it for this year um, is Colin Castleton is kind of an enigma for a Todd Golden analytics-based thing. Um, I don't think he would be Todd Golden's prototypical five um, because uh, like you think about the modern basketball game and we want people who can shoot. And uh, Colin Castleton, 0 for 9 from 3 last year, 0 for 17 in his career. So, right, like that is not the prototypical analytics-based big that we're looking for. So it's a little bit of a funny match, um, but but it works and it is going to be fine. You look around the country at all of these bigs that are of a similar vein to Colin Castleton getting All-American buzz, Drew Timmy, Oscar Shibway, Armando, Armando Baycott, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. Like, why can't Colin Castleton be in that same conversation? I think he absolutely can be. 
But when you look at uh, the the one-time transfer portal um, and, and everything we have with that now, it affords Todd Golden the ability to go out and remake a basketball roster very quickly because as opposed to football, you've only got 13 scholarships available to you in basketball. And so you go out and get somebody like Trey Bonham, who will be the backup point guard probably. That's that's the expectation. He's a great example of this is the team looks at all their analytical models. They look at the thousands of people out there in the transfer portal and they say, that's our guy. Let's go get him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm glad that you brought up Colin Castleton because this is something I was planning on asking to begin with where he is. I, I think you could say he's arguably the best post scorer in basketball, arguably. Um, and yes, we know that in, in preseason, in practice, he's been shooting threes. We'll see what happens <laughs> in actual games when it matters. Right. I've, right. I've seen Hassan Listen, Whiteside don't shoot. Don't put any stock in that. Don't put any yeah. stock in that. Exactly. I've seen Hassan <laughs> Whiteside shoot threes in videos, and I don't remember ever seeing him do it in a game. So yeah, I'm super concerned with that. But how does that up-tempo style, that that we want to shoot the three style, impact someone like Colin Castleton, who, has, I mean, he thrived in the whole slow it down, let him work in the post, and let him try to make something happen offense. That's a great question. And I think he is in some ways going to have to carve out an, a little bit of a new niche for himself, but also it's still basketball, right? Like it's still going to be basically four around one. He'll be the main guy down in the post and we'll have probably three guards and, and kind of a hybrid stretch forward type wing, uh, probably Kowasi Reeves uh, in that role, but, or, or Alex Fudge, excuse me. But um, like, I think for Castleton, it's about going out and doing what you do well. Um, he can like, there are going to be shots that are continued to miss. I don't know if you know that that's a fact of basketball. Not every shot goes in. So go out there and be an offensive rebounder. Go. I mean, this is a guy that averaged nine rebounds a game last season. No reason he can't grow on that. And, and if we're looking at predictions later in the show, we'll talk some about that. But I think, um, even, even with a new thing, as long as he's running the court, well, getting into position, being a great, um, guard positionally, he's uh, not, not position playing the guard position but able to guard his position um but then one thing to watch for is like he will probably be drug out like and and put in pick and roll defense is he going to be able to move and, and that's a big part of today's game so that's something definitely to watch for is he able to guard in space but then ultimately it, it's not about being able to shoot threes oscar sheboy national player of the year last year he's not a three-point shooter armando baycott from north carolina uh, only player in college basketball history to have six double-doubles in the NCAA tournament. Hit one three all of last year. And so Colin doesn't need to go out and change his game, but there might be some ways in which he needs to have some nuanced adaptation this year. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned, you know, he had nine rebounds last year. Who's to say he can't improve on that? You could argue that he should improve on that just because there will be more opportunities so there's going to be that, but, um, and here's one of the really fun parts I wanted to talk to you about is that, like I mentioned before, like you, you like analytics. I like analytics too. I just don't know anything about it in basketball. Um, but I do know that with Todd Golden, if I'm not mistaken, his like core four is apparently a very common core four in basketball, like the effective field goal percentage. Uh, I think it's free throw rate, rebound rate and, and turnover rate, if I'm not mistaken, or like the four analytics that or the four metrics that, uh, that he cares about the most. How does that kind of differ from what we're used to? Right now, you mentioned, you know, you're going to see a fourth and nine equivalent, which I think for uh, basketball is 
fouling before the half because it's like, well, if, if they shoot 60%, then they're 0.3 points per possession or whatever. And it's like, we're still losing, but we're losing by 0.5 instead of 0.8. And it's something insane like that. So how is that going to kind of change and bring Florida into this modern era of basketball? Yeah, absolutely. So we call it the four factors that when you hear four factors referred to, that's what people are looking at. And so for the average basketball fan, you're still going to be looking at points per game and rebounds per game, assists per game, all of those things. And if you want to get into effective field goal percentage, it's great and it's fun and I love it. But here's a great example to watch for. Analytics tell us that a long range two is the worst and least effective shot in ba- in the game of basketball. So basically analytics basketball removes mid the mid range shot. We are looking to get to the rim. Hello, Colin Castleton. And we're looking to shoot as many threes, good threes as possible because three is worth more than two. But again, obviously the percentage of that shot is lower. And so ultimately um, I would expect if, if I'm a Florida Gator fan watching a Todd Gold golden offense to try to get to the rim and to try to get good, efficient three-point shots and to eliminate twos in the mid-range game. The Florida Gators are currently 24-point favorites against Stony Brook tomorrow night. I'm telling you, I have no idea what I should be betting, but I'm betting that they will cover the spread just because, you know, let's do it. Let's let it ride. Why not? Make sure you check out Bet Online. They've got basketball, football. I mean, there, there's right now you're in that perfect like sports equinox, what they call it. Baseball just ended, but you can bet on so many sports. So check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. As the sun comes out, and well, now it's going back away, but small businesses are back in business. Life is looking better again, right? LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy for you to find the people that you want to interview maybe higher because with, I mean, like screening questions, you can kind of narrow that list down and prioritize who you want to look to. You're, you're busy, you know, it's called the business because you're busy. You, you can't spend your time looking through all the uh, non-qualifiers, we'll say, but I mean, don't, don't take my word for it. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. They're looking there for a reason. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I think uh, I was watching one of Todd Golden's like coach clinics that he did. And in it, I remember him saying, the baseline mid-range shot is the least efficient shot in basketball. <laughs> Not going to happen. And I was like, okay, which is great because Florida shot those. I feel like I feel like a decent amount last year was mainly like Flanders Fleming who shot them, I feel like. But as long as they're gone, I'm cool with it. Um, he is, yes. Moving on to the... Actual on-court product, of course, this is coming out on Monday, first game, Stony Brook. First three games before Florida State are Stony Brook, Kennesaw State, and Florida Atlantic. What are, or what should Gators fans really even be looking for in those games where Florida is likely going to be the heavy favorite in all three, but it's it's a season with new head coach, a solid amount of roster turnover, new freshmen coming in. Uh, and a new system where, I mean, I'm, I'm more of a football guy, so you don't really get the tune-ups like that. You get maybe one game that's uh, an anticipated, you know, gimme game. But here, <laughs> here you've got a few to start the year. So what are you even really looking for on the court? 
For sure. That's a great question. So um, basically with these three tune-up games, as you said, Stony Brook, Kennesaw State, and Florida Atlantic, I'm looking to see with a lot of lot roster turnover and a new coach, who is a dude? Right. Who is going to come out and show me things? I feel like we obviously know what we're getting with Colin Castleton, but everyone else is like, who is number two? Who is three, four, five? The guys that we can trust in. And so as a team, if I'm Todd Golden, here's what I'm expecting. You need to come out and compete. This game is about Florida. This game is not about Stony Brook or Kennesaw State or Florida Atlantic. We are playing up to who we want to be and not um, playing against the opponent. All due respect. Uh, Florida Atlantic is one of the worst teams in Division One basketball <laughs> this year, right? Like, And so um, the, the Gators just need to come out and do Florida because in these three tune-ups and there will be some more non-conference tune-ups later. I, I looked at the rest of the non-con and the, there's this tougher chunk, but then you get back and you have some easier games again. So you use these to just kind of measure what have we learned about ourselves in the preseason? What can we put on the floor? It's an opportunity to hopefully, if you do the things you want to do to tinker a little bit with some lineup, um, different, different lineups, who are the people that end up doing well together? You see what you see in practice and scrimmage, but it's just different when the lights come on and and you let a crowd in and you're playing against somebody that's not your teammates that know what you're running as soon as you call play one or whatever, right? And so, but man, here's the thing, Brandon, we get those three games, but then as you said, circle game four on November 18th when the Gators head to Tallahassee. Um, I mean, you, you think about what Leonard Hamilton teams do at Florida State. They are long. They're athletic. They roll 10 deep usually. And you have like 83 guys scoring between 10 and 12 points a game. And so I, I think that even more so than these three tune-ups will be revealing of what Todd Golden has. And then don't forget immediately after that Florida state game, it's up to Portland for the PK 85 where my goodness, the, the bracket, the side of the bracket that Florida is in, they'll start with Xavier and then get either Duke or Oregon state after that. And then after that, it's either Gonzaga, Purdue, West Virginia, or Portland State if they lose the first two, probably. And so, man, like there is not much time for a ramp up. And so Todd Golden really needs to find what he has in these first three games and then have the ability to say, okay, who are the dudes we can trust? Again, because we've got all these transfers in and we can talk about them as well. Um, but it's just, you, you don't, you, you just don't have all that much time. Um, but when you think about Florida State, I feel great about what Kyle Lofton will do coming in. Uh, 6'4 guard with a 6'9 wingspan. I mean, you feel great about him and how he'll match up against Florida State. But it's what do we have at positions two, three, and four? Shooting guard at the wing and at the smaller power four. Yeah, um, I feel like Florida's got a new head coach in football and basketball, and I feel like both of those guys got kind of screwed out of having tune-ups where Billy Napier with football, his first games against number seven, Utah, and then now Todd Golden. It's like, yeah, you get these three tune-ups, then you get Florida State, and you get to run the freaking gauntlet on the West Coast over there. And it's just like, okay, so we're just not having fun this year. But um, So we'll get I, to the end of Thanksgiving week, and then Todd Golden's going to know what he's got. Yeah, um, and I will say that one of the things with Jason Jordan, who obviously you know, uh, he was on the show twice last week where we were talking about Riley Kugel, Denzel Aberdeen. Kugel has turned a lot of heads, but one thing that Jason mentioned that I kind of wanted to ask you about is that Jason said that Todd Golden's going to let these freshmen take their lumps and earn their stripes <laughs> and any other any other phrase that you want to use for it. 
But how do you kind of manage that at, at this point if you're Florida? Because like we mentioned, you've got those first three tune-ups and then it gets real. So how do you kind of manage that playing time, giving them meaningful playing time and meaningful reps without kind of throwing them into the fire, but also focusing on winning the game? It's a great question. And and here's the the thankful part of it is that Todd Golden's not going to be relying on either Kugel or Aberdeen as a starter. Um, and so right out of the gate, they don't have to come in with that pressure. They get to sit for a little bit, see what's happening, watch the game script unfolding, and then get to come in and do that. Um, now, you've got all these transfers coming in who are going to have to take those same lumps as well because outside of Fudge coming over from LSU, it's all guys coming up a level from where they previously were. So there, there is that uh, factor of it as well. Um, but for, for the freshmen, the, the way you handle this is you let them know, hey, like just because you make a freshman mental mistake, that doesn't mean I'm going to immediately like yank you to the bench unless it's just some egregious thing um, like turnovers are going to happen, particularly in a little bit more of an up tempo style. And so that's to be expected. But but as you alluded to, Brandon, you want to make sure that you are not um, allowing them to make mistake after mistake after mistake that app actually does worse for their psyche. And so there is this way in which you have to be able to recognize your players. And that's why it's so important to know them on a personal level beyond just um, Brandon Olson basketball player. Who is Brandon Olson the person? Because some players can handle a little more um, mistakes and screw-ups and learning through that. Others are going to get so inside their head that it's just going to make things worse in the long term. And so I, I'm looking for spurts right out of the gate. And um, how, how can we have like five solid minutes out of you, Mr. Google? Go out there. Just don't like your job right now is to go out and not be worse than who you're coming in for. Like if you're better, that's great, but at least let's not have a drop off when you come into the game. Let's make sure you know the plays and where you need to be. I mean, just, just watch folks in these first couple games, the freshmen are out there. Uh, I would imagine we're going to see a lot of Colin Castleton directing them around. We're going to see a lot of Kyle Lofton, like get over on the wing. You know, there's going to be a lot of that kind of thing as freshmen are learning their ways. Um, but again, same thing as you need with Todd Golden and with the transfers patience is a key word. Yeah. Uh, and you've mentioned him a couple of times now with uh, Kyle Lofton, Trey Bonham, Will Richards also new and, and uh, Alex Fudge coming over from LSU. What is kind of the expectation where I feel like this is, this is a lot of turnover for Florida relative to what we're used to. So what is kind of the expectation as to how you can get these guys to gel uh, aside from obviously, like you mentioned before, it's different when you're scrimmaging and you know what's coming and you know the guy against you as opposed to actually playing a meaningful game. So for Florida, just, just how the heck do you put all this together? That's a great question. And thankfully, that's why Todd Golden's got all this money now uh, to leave San Francisco and come to Florida. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got four transfers in this year. Trey Bonham coming from VMI, Alex Fudge, the lone high major transfer, Will Richard from Belmont, and Kyle Lofton after playing four years for St. Bonaventure. Keep in mind, here's something that I think is going to be very helpful. You look at the roster that's already in place. Myron Jones, Penn State transfer. CJ Felder, Boston College transfer. Will Richard, uh, Colin Castleton, you've got all these guys who, you know, Colin Castleton had been in Michigan. And so they know the drill of like, 
here's where we had been before. And now uh, we came in to Florida as well and have been through that. And so you've got some of these veteran guys that have been there a couple of years that can help bring the transfers along. But here's one of the things that I always watch for. Brandon, I know you're a baseball guy, so this analogy should work for you as well. If a baseball team is having a bullpen game, the more times you open that bullpen door, the more likely it is that somebody's going to come out of that bullpen that's not going to be on their game that day. And so if you're rolling five deep, you need all five of those guys to be on top of their game to match what like one starter could do, basically. And so the question is, for these guys coming up a level or two from low major to high or mid major to high major, are they going to translate to the high major level? Is it going to be too quick for them? Is it, Are they going to be able to um, athlete on the same level as the high major players? There was a reason they didn't make high major coming out of high school. Not all of them. Some of them, uh, it's just about slower development or other things. But when you're bringing in three, four guys from a lower level, there, there's just not a any guarantee that 18 points a game at a mid-major is going to translate to 12 points a game at Florida. And so um, that is a thing that we need to be watching out for as well. So in some ways, uh, that's just as much of a learning curve as the freshman. How do I now adjust to a new coach at a, at a high-level program who has a lot of pedigree and trying to get right back to the top of the SEC? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I know that going into this year, I'm going to take the same approach I did with football hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And I'm, I'm just fully prepared. We've seen a lot of guys transfer from the Florida football team already. We'll <laughs> see if there's the same amount of turmoil with the Florida basketball team. Hopefully not. But thank you so much, Isaac. This is Isaac Shade, Locked On Tar Heels, Locked On College Basketball. And you'll be back. I'm not even going to pretend you're not going to be back. You'll be back. <laughs>